Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio, your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Monday, January 30th, and we start with local news. A racing 160 beats per minute heart rate, a stomach rippling with nausea and fatigue that is accompanied by heightened anxiety are just some of the symptoms that Kalioka resident and medical professional Megan Heichelbeck has experienced over the past two years. I cannot stand light, Heichelbeck said. I would even wear sunglasses in my house and sit in the dark. That's how sensitive my eyes were to the light, she said. Her legs ached and her whole body shook with tremors. Passing out felt like a likely possibility much of the time for the wife and mother of two. Until I knew what it was, it was very scary, said Heichelbeck, who today still suffers but adapts to life with a condition known as POTS, POTS, an acronym for Postural Orthostatic Tachycardia Syndrome. POTS is a heart condition defined by its reduced volume of blood returned to the heart following a person moving from the lying down to standing position. Many who have endured COVID-19 have had to deal with the extended experience of POTS as well, and recent reports from around the country show that more and more patients are seeing life impacts from the hard-to-diagnose illness. Tachycardia is a main symptom, has its own medical classification, and is defined as a rapid and irregular heartbeat, faster than 100 beats per minute, but that is far from the only symptom of POTS. Symptoms were bad enough to send the former Murray Regional Medical Center technician Megan Heichelbeck to the emergency room four times last year. Life is more challenging today than it was before she first contracted COVID-19 a year ago and later developed this illness that often has medical professionals stumped, according to various news and journal reports. In fact, Heichelbeck said she endured a long wait for answers to questions about an illness that seems to ride quietly on the coattails of COVID-19. But she says she wouldn't trade it for the journey to healing, despite the valleys that have caused her to adjust life to her own new normal. Today, she credits her faith in Jesus, her family, and her doctors for a new outlook, a changed perspective. And while her health is far from back to normal, she has persevered and found ways to adapt. I really don't think I would be this far on my journey to healing without God and my family, Heiko Beck said. Family is my motivation to get better, and God is my strength and comfort, she said. Her hopeful outlook sparked a motivation to inform, inspire, and share her story in the form of a small book that she self-published on Amazon called Overcome by Grace. Heiko Beck would not tell you she is naturally a writer, but she felt compelled to share the story and said it was as if God had given her the words she needed when she needed them. Surprised by the inspirational moment, she said words just poured out of her onto the page, but the debilitating illness would force her to pull her, put her career on hold. After Heiko Beck recovered from COVID, she went back to work but found lingering symptoms, symptoms that, despite best efforts, always came back. Experiencing the effects of long COVID put a strain on her life that she first thought was simply a matter of patience and healing until she could get back to normal. But her illness, her symptoms, and her frustration would continue to return, making it a day-to-day ordeal that many are dealing with following COVID-19. I'm still on that roller coaster, Heiko Beck said as she shared her story, but it doesn't go up and down as much, she said. After attempts by doctors and hospital visits to find what was causing her continued symptoms, one doctor was finally able to determine the likely source of her life-altering diagnosis. 
A November of 2022 article about POTS was published in the National Institute of Health, showing between 2 and 14% of COVID-19 survivors developed the syndrome, with a greater presence in younger women. An even greater number, 9-61% to 61% of post-COVID patients suffer symptoms of POTS. POTS is characterized by a long list of indicators that can cause significant impact to a person's daily life. And as the report states, 70% of POTS sufferers have experienced loss of income, with 21% having a job loss. Dysautonomia is another name for the disorder, which can mimic long COVID. According to the NIH report, in addition to a rapid increase in heart rate, patients can experience a whole host of other symptoms that co-occur with other illnesses, making it difficult to diagnose. These include irregular heartbeat, shortness of breath, fainting, brain fog, lightheadedness, blurred or tunneled vision, tremulousness, fatigue and weakness, chronic pain, gastrointestinal issues, and sleep disturbances. As for causes of POTS, medical professionals are still learning conditions that lead to the illness, but the NIH report states that a possible effect of SARS-CoV-2 on the autonomic nervous system or tissue injury due to the effect of the virus on particular cells within the body. The disorder is described as a multi-system illness that affects various parts of the body. Heiko Beck's usual work in imaging required her to move patients around in addition to other physical tasks. Once POTS has fully taken hold, she was no longer able to perform these tasks as heart rate increases and crippling anxiety stonewalled her ability to move patients. Heichelbeck said she didn't experience anxiety prior to POTS, but this symptom was particularly pronounced for her in the past year, and while her doctor tried to treat symptoms, her work suffered and eventually she was forced to file for medical disability. At its worst, Heichelbeck said POTS left her feeling hopeless, without answers, and experiencing some depression from her limited activities with her two daughters and the strain she saw it put on her husband, Ryan. I couldn't even make a sandwich, Heichelbeck said of her time at home, where a reclining chair was her usual spot. Though Heichelbeck shared the discouraging aspects of her last year, today she does not dwell on the negatives. Sharing her story has been something she hopes will provide encouragement and hope to others, not bring her attention or recognition the book contains questions for reflection and functions as a workbook so others can read and engage in their own healing journey. Mostly, the journey has served to remind her of the important things in life and deepened her faith. Recently, she was thankful for being able to feel well enough to enjoy seeing her daughters get baptized. I've always been a follower of God, but this has brought me so much closer to him, Heichelbeck said. An important Bible verse from the book of Corinthians is printed on the back of the book and carries the reasoning behind her telling her story. Who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any troubles with the comfort we ourselves have received from God, it says. Those interested in reading Megan's entire story can find her book on Amazon and around the waiting rooms and offices of Murray Regional Medical Center. On Friday, Columbia Academy held a ribbon-cutting for their new Spring Hill facility. WKOM-WKRM's Delk Kennedy attended the event and spoke to CA's president, James Thomas, to learn more. The 
This is Del Kennedy, Front Porch Radio. Today I am in Spring Hill, Tennessee, at the grand opening and ribbon cutting for Columbia Academy's new facility here in Spring Hill. I'm speaking with Dr. James Thomas, who is the president of Columbia Academy. Dr. Thomas, congratulations. Thank you very much, Del. We are excited. We appreciate you coming up. Uh, this has been uh, an addition, an expansion to this facility, and it's a huge blessing, but we're excited to celebrate today. Well, now, tell folks what Columbia Academy offers here in Spring Hill on Beechcroft Road. We have a preschool through sixth grade facility. We offer it from three-year-olds all the way through sixth grade. Wow, that's fantastic. Uh, for more information, where do people go? Our website, cabulldogs.org. There we go. Again, Del Kennedy, Front Porch Radio, with Dr. James Thomas, president of CA, at their newly open uh, Spring Hill facility on Beechcroft Road. Members of Murray Alliance packed the Memorial Building in Columbia for the annual education luncheon with county and city educators, leaders, and community allies discussing strides in engaging students to make early career plans and the strong push for STEM education. Moderated by Murray Chamber and Economic Alliance President Will Evans, the panel included Murray County Public School Superintendent Lisa Ventura, Columbia State Community College President Janet Smith, and educators from both institutions. Panelist Amy Roberts, supervisor for Murray County Schools CTE, said while some believe middle school students might not give much thought to their future career, most can answer the question, what do you want to be when you grow up? Such was the sentiment at the luncheon, which explored how educators can help direct students toward future career goals, especially STEM careers. Preparing students to enter a STEM-focused workforce, educators made clear their intent to ready the next generation for careers in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Other panelists included Keith Stacy, Murray County Public Schools Assistant Superintendent of Instruction, Amy Roberts, Murray County Public Schools CTE Supervisor, Terry Thornton, CTE Workforce Development and Career Coach, Melody Murphy, Columbia State Director of Workforce and Continuing Ed- Education, and Maran Mostajir, Director of Ed- Engineering System Technology at Columbia State. Ventura, along with Roberts, explained how the district is assessing, measuring, and engaging the student population to consider career paths as early as middle school. Ventura stressed the district's focus on CTE and its partnerships with Columbia State Community College in those efforts. We're giving Columbia State Community College what they need for the student that is prepared, she said. Efforts are not to deny the necessity of a four-year institution, Ventura said, but to step up to the needs of an industry steeped in STEM careers. Murray County has become a hub of manufacturing as home to the General Motors plant since the 1980s. Altium sells car batteries in the site of numerous manufacturing headquarters like J.C. Ford Tortilla Maker, which announced its relocation from California to Murray County in 2021. According to Will Evans, such manufacturers will need strong future workers in Murray County. Murray County is also the fastest growing county in Tennessee, determined by the most recent census data, bringing more families and 836 new students to Murray County Public Schools over the past three years, according to Ventura. Columbia State Community College and Murray County Public Schools staff are working together to ensure students are getting STEM experience and dual credit with various programs. Smith praised programs like Manufacturing Day and STEM Girls, aimed at giving students a look at several manufacturing facilities around the area. 
Other programs, like the recent robotics competition at Mount Pleasant Middle School, also give students early experience in coding, building robots, and strategizing with technology. We want to set up students to be contributing, tax-paying members of the society, Ventura said. Mount Pleasant Middle School hosted area teams for the VEX Robotics Challenge last week, or Challenge at the Mount, with a total of 11 Mount Pleasant Middle School students competing for a chance to advance to the state competition in March. A couple of the home teams walked away with state qualifying wins for Mount Pleasant Middle students for the year, said Mount Pleasant Middle School teacher Audrey Bryant, who hosted the event and is a Teacher of the Year winner at the school. STEM schools place a sharp focus on subjects that prepare students for the fields of science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, Bryant said. Mount Pleasant Elementary, Middle, and High Schools were the first designated STEM schools in the county. Bryant, who has helped prepare students for the contest for multiple years, said she won a grant for her school back in 2018 to allow students to pursue robotics, but at the time she was new to the subject. Her work with students established the middle school as an event partner with VEX Robotics, Bryant said, the only event of its kind in this part of the state. With a previous competition in October and the qualifiers last week, Bryant said Mount Pleasant students are in the midst of their biggest season yet. Taking top recognition for the academic year is Mount Pleasant's Team 38474B, which secured its third qualifier for the season that will send them to the state competition in March. The team won a design award on January 14th, excelling them to key markers during the competition. It always feels good to have a successful tournament day, but it's even more special to know you did a good job at your own tournament, Mount Pleasant 6th grader Tolan Anto said. The students have a goal of continuing to improve before the state championship and perhaps qualify for the world championship in May. I'm most proud of how we've improved our robot's ability to shoot discs into the scoring zones, Mount Pleasant 7th grader Max White said. It's not perfect yet, but we've come a long way. I enjoy robotics because I love problem solving and trying new things, he said. Students must design a robot that can score points based on disc placements around a board, which is dependent on writing effective code that controls the robot's ability to project the discs. Collaboration is a key component of the robotics experience, Bryant said. Within a team, students have to assign roles and communicate constantly to bring their working robot together. Another of the three Mount Pleasant teams, 38474A, finished challenge at the Mount, ranking third in robot skills. Robotics teaches teamwork, leadership, and communication, said Mount Pleasant sixth grader with the A-team, Elijah Wisniewski. It's a great way for people to come together and challenge themselves to gain new skills, he said. The emphasis on teamwork during the competitions is apparent and pairs with other skills such as critical thinking, problem solving, and creativity. Brainstorming design concepts, building, coding, troubleshooting, driving, documenting their design process in their engineering notebook, and developing game strategies are all tasks that team members must delegate to each other throughout the process, Bryant said. If students qualify at the state competitions in March, they will advance to world championships in May. Join Murray Alliance on January 31st at 5 p.m. for their most anticipated event of the year as they celebrate their 2022 accomplishments and recognize the transition of their volunteer leadership. This will be a lively night of entertainment and networking celebrating business and industry in Murray County with dinner and beverages by Puckets and live music featuring Austin Tyler Jones. 
In addition to their normal programming, they are excited to use this year's event as an opportunity to unveil a brand new, uniquely branded talent attraction campaign for Murray County, which you will not want to miss. You can purchase tickets now to guarantee a seat at Murray Alliance's biggest event of the year. Visit www.murrayalliance.com for more information and for tickets. And now your hometown memorials, sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Gerald Ray Walters, 79, a retired conductor for CSX Railroad and a resident of Columbia, died Saturday, January 28th at St. Thomas Midtown. Funeral services are incomplete at this time and will be announced later by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors. And condolences may be extended online at www.oaksandnichols.com. Hometown Memorials is sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home, serving with dignity and consideration for over 150 years. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer, and why Matt and Susie Sowell believe the way to honor tradition is with especially personal service. We believe your traditions, your customs, your rites of passage are very important, but we also believe in taking care of your personal wishes as well. At Oaks and Nichols, we try to do more than just the expected things, so the service you receive honors your heritage and is uniquely yours, and we invite you to experience the difference. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia, since 1856, people you can rely on. For your southern middle Tennessee weather, we will have cloudy skies today with a slight chance of a rain shower. The high will be near 50 degrees with light and variable winds. Tonight, we can expect more cloudy skies with occasional rain late. Areas of freezing rain are possible. We are under a winter weather advisory from 9 p.m. tonight until noon tomorrow due to the possibility of freezing rain. The low will be near 30 degrees. Winds will be out of the north at 5 to 10 miles per hour. The chance of overnight rain, 90%. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Family first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance... Our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see shelter agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. 
For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years' experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. This is Chris Dowdy from Tennessee Children's Home. We are overwhelmed by the support through our move to our new Spring Hill campus. We are excited about the new opportunities that these buildings will provide us to serve at-risk youth. We ask that you will continue to pray for us and those that we serve. We still need your continued support. Visit our website, tennesseechildrenshome.org, to make a donation or learn more about what we're doing to serve at-risk youth in Tennessee. We're known for a lot of great things here in Tennessee, but there's one thing we've got to fix now. Too often, criminals use stolen guns and violent crimes. I'm TBI Director David Rausch. Help us prevent gun thefts. When you're not carrying, secure your guns, not only at home, but also in your car. Secure it. Lock it. Help stop it. Take the extra step. Together, we can keep Tennessee safe. Brought to you by the TBI, Tennessee Association of Broadcasters, and this station. Funded under an agreement with the State of Tennessee Department of Finance and Administration Office of Criminal Justice Programs. Supported by Award 2020 MUBX 0051. Awarded by the Bureau of Justice Assistance, Office of Justice Programs, USDOJ. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7, your hometown source for news and information. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. Tennessee Senate Republicans last week proposed new legislation that could effectively defund Nashville's Convention Center, an aggressive escalation from legislative leadership against the Metro Council after it blocked a bid to host the Republican National Convention last year. Senate Majority Leader Jack Johnson, a Republican from Franklin, sponsored the bill. Senate Bill 648 would end previously authorized privilege taxes, taxes over a base tax, in the tourism development zone around the convention center, which are used to fund the center. In a statement, Lieutenant Governor Randy McNally said Nashville no longer requires a special tax authority if it has no interest in properly promoting convention tourism. Nashville has been afforded certain tools for the express purpose of encouraging convention tourism to the city. Over the last year, Metro has made it clear they are no longer interested in aggressively recruiting top-tier conventions to Nashville. That message has been received loud and clear by the General Assembly, McNally said. If Nashville wants to prioritize political posturing over prosperity for its people, that's their prerogative. But the state does not have to participate, he said. 
The convention center is a powerful economic engine in the city, generating enough revenue that the Music City Center's Convention Center Authority now grants funds for other metro projects, such as affordable housing initiatives. Senator Heidi, <coughs> excuse me, Senator Heidi Campbell, a Democrat from Nashville, sharply criticized the bill in a Friday statement. Half of Tennesseans can't afford housing, health care coverage, or child care. But instead of solving real problems, the controlling party spends time inventing ways to punish Nashville, Campbell said. We were elected to work together for the good of all Tennesseans. Let's cease this petty race to the bottom before we crash the entire state economy, she said. Metro Legal is reviewing the bill. A spokesperson for Mayor John Cooper declined to comment. Speculation of retaliation from state legislators emerged after Nashville's council blocked a deal last year that could have brought the 2024 Republican National Convention to Nashville. Council members who voted against the deal framework cited risks of political vitriol and concerns over security, cost, and potential strain on city resources. The Republican Party ultimately selected Milwaukee, the only other final contender. A separate bill introduced earlier this month by Republican lawmakers would effectively cut Nashville's 40-member council in half. A proposal Nashville legal director Wallace Dietz said poses an existential threat to Nashville's self-governance. That bill is awaiting committee hearings. At two speaking stops in Nashville last week, House Speaker Cameron Sexton framed the council bill as an effective move. Sexton said local business leaders had requested it, though he didn't say who, while members of the Rotary and Econ Clubs questioned if the legislation was unnecessary interference with local government. Sexton on Friday said he was sure there would be other legislation filed that will cause the mayor and the council grave concern, like the legislation filed by the Senate. Metro may want to meet with the lieutenant governor sooner rather than later, Sexton said. At-large council member Bob Mendez said Friday he didn't think the Tennessee General Assembly would stop with the Metro Council bill, and he anticipates other retaliatory measures that could be coming down the pike. Ever since the supermajority was achieved 10 years ago, the only common thread is the punishments get more severe, Mendez said. After taking a major financial hit during the peak of COVID pandemic, the decade-old convention center brought in about $150 million in tourism taxes during the previous fiscal year, ending June 30th. About $55 million came to the downtown core's tourism development zone and $95 million in hotel room and related taxes. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Turner and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff, or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. 
Columbia's own 7th Annual Mid-State Classic Collegiate Softball Tournament returns March 15th at the Ridley Sports Complex. Come see the Lady Volunteers face off against Austin P. starting at 5.30 p.m. Opening game, Columbia State versus Motlow College at 1 p.m. Food trucks on site and parking is free. Tickets are $10 and sold exclusively online at columbiatn.com slash midstateclassic. Or check out the City of Columbia Parks and Recreation today. The Midstate Classic, March 15th. See you at the game. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee today, and now our final story. The Nashville Sounds have announced a new all-inclusive season ticket membership for the club seats for the upcoming 2023 season. Full season, that's 75 games. Half season, that's 38 games. And partial season, 18 games memberships are available for purchase. Members can access, get access to a chef-inspired rotating menu in the Brower Lounge. Access begins with gates open and runs for two hours. Your team is always looking for ways to com- constantly improve the game day experience, and this premium, all-inclusive ticket membership reflects that, said Nashville Sound's general manager, Adam English. We are thrilled to introduce a membership that creates value for fans and gives them access to the first-class amenities that First Horizon Park has to offer, he said. Membership plans start at just $1,250 per seat for a partial season or $2,500 per seat for a half season and $4,500 per seat for a full season. The Nashville Sounds are a AAA affiliate of the Milwaukee Brewers and play at First Horizon Park. Season ticket memberships for the 2023 season are now on sale. For more information, call 615-690-4487 or email tickets at nashvillesounds.com. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM WKRM Radio. I'll be back tomorrow to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great day.